1: Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley.
2: Welcome to episode 129 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is Starfish, the making of a movie about family caregiving and community support. This is highly relevant to us all because we know that respect for family caregiving is growing. We know too that family caregivers have many powerful stories to tell. And what we're going to find out uh, is that Starfish is a powerful story of family caregiving and the many things it involves. And to talk about Starfish my guest is Bill Clark. Bill is a British movie maker. His recent writing and directing credits include the feature film Starfish and the Christmas miracle of Jonathan Toomey which was chosen for Ibiza Boston, Edmonton, Heart of Gold film 2007 festivals and was winner, Best Film, Salt Lake City film 2007 festival. Bill makes documentaries and commercials for which he has more than 600 credits. His current experience also includes creative director for Smythe's toy store group, His work includes director of films and industrial theatre shows for major international companies. And his pop promos, his music business work, photography and art direction credits include Slade, Kate Bush, Pink Floyd, The Hollies, Cliff Richard, Oliver Newton John, Def Leppard, Soul to Soul, Leonard Bernstein, Sir George Salty, Lynn Anderson, and Elton John. And he was festival director, Stanford Children's Film Festival. Festival in 2010, guest lecturer, film and video at York University, 2009 and 2010, and lecturer at the Anglia Ruskin University Film and Video module in 2010. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. First question for you. Uh, Please tell us a bit more about your background, your career and your current work in moving movie making and do you have personal experience of family caregiving
3: um well if if i can split those into two um my career has always been in in what i would term kind of the creative industries i started off um at college working on the social events committee, the entertainment committee, and that brought me into contacts with bands and then the bands asked me to maybe draw up logos for them and then I got into photography and so on. So it's been a progression of creative disciplines down the years um, and I'm extremely grateful that somehow I've managed to um, have an almost unbroken career. Somebody's always asked me to do something. So um, filmmaking was a kind of a natural progression from all the other disciplines that I learned over the years and um, and the commercials have provided me with a very good living and that's enabled me to develop feature film projects um, and because I don't ever really um, need because I don't it's, need is not the right word because I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to work on projects that I like I tend to favour projects that are um, human based, that have some kind of emotional connection rather than just um, stories that are entertaining, I have nothing, which I have nothing against, it's just my own personal taste. So the caring aspect of this story and the development of this, these people's lives is what attracted me to them. Fortunately. The only caring I I have experience of is a little bit for my mother, but I, my brother does ninety nine percent of the caring, and he is the care in my family. So through his experience, I have I have learned a little about the process, um, and and I have nothing but admiration for him and, and and anybody else that takes on a caring role.
2: Right. What's starfish about?
3: Starfish is the story of. Um, a young man of my acquaintance, a guy who had a pretty tough emotional upbringing, whose own father um, abandoned his family despite his own personal success, um, and left them as to, to f- in many ways to fend for themselves as upbringing. And so, the main protagonist of the story, Tom. Um, kind of determined, although not necessarily consciously, kind of determined that he would grow up to be a good man, a good family man, a good father, a good husband. And he worked extremely hard to build a life for himself and his family uh, that, would, that would fulfill that slot. And unfortunately, at the point where success was very much on the horizon, he contracted pneumococcal septicemia and had to have his lower limbs and his lower legs amputated in order to save his life. And the, the film is really not so much the story of the trauma, although that obviously plays a large part of the first act. It's the it's story of how this amazing man and his amazing wife held on to their dignity, their sanity, and went from being a very successful, happy, you know, four full unit full-person family through this massive um, upheaval and yet retained that family happiness and unity and have come out the other side of it. And that impressed uh, me very much indeed. And so I decided that over, over a long period, I decided that, yes, it would, it would be a story that I'd like to tell on film. Bill,
2: what, what is the stage that you've reached with Starfish and its production right now? And what's its future? Okay, we
3: have, we have uh, Pippa Cross, who's an amazing producer. She's produced a great many films, including some very difficult ones, Bloody Sunday and My Left Foot, to name two. Um, and she is producing the film. She's joined our team. We have um, two outstanding actors, Toby Jones and Amory Duff, two of the finest British generation, uh, actors of the generation, I think, who have committed to the central role. And we have a start date of October the 15th. Um, we are, as all filmmakers, looking for finance, to close finance, and we're seeking actively seeking finance through the normal channels, and through um, the, uh, the auspices of the UK government and its equity investment scheme for, for taxpayers. So we're very close to a start date. We set a start date of October the 15th, and we are um, working very hard to, to um, get there. That
2: all sounds um, both challenging and encouraging and enlightening and inspirational. Um How important are those, what I'll call, attributes for you when you actually get into the job of production and you get down, in short, to work? Tell us about that aspect a bit. What happens after you begin in October?
3: Well, film making a film, making any film, um, is very much a creative process. And whatever your vision is going in, it's likely to be quite a lot different at the end of the process, if you know what I mean. It, it is very much a, a collaboration between a great many uh, talented people. And so for the past four years, which is what it's, it's taken to bring this project to this point, um, I have had a developing vision. You know, my vision on day one um, is certainly not my vision now, and it's influenced by... Um, by the experience of uh developing the storyline developing the idea looking for the right um dramatic thrust and narrative arc to make it an entertaining piece to a a paying audience and yet maintaining the truth and and uh, integrity of the story which i think which i think we've done uh, up to this point now going forward um is the exciting part, not necessarily the hardest part, but it is the exciting part. The exciting part is working with um, a fan of talent that um, uh, um, make that vision real. It is a a process that I work with um, cinematographers, designers, prosthetic makeup artists and of course the actors and we develop the we develop the the story as we go along so what's on the what's on the paper is very important but the actual making of the film happens through the the two main stages which is production and post-production and in truth the film actually gets made by the editor who is who's the most important part it's interesting because in a many ways but it sounds a
2: bit like a story within a story. That is to say, you're evolving the story as you go, as you work on it. And uh, also, you are wanting to stay true to the story that's inspired it. And that's a sort of... Would I be right in saying that's a kind of creative t- that you work with?
3: Yeah, absolutely it is. And and the reason why it's important is because you never lose sight of the, the fact that... Um, or you should never lose sight of the fact that these are in this particular case, these are real people, these are real events that happen to real people and real people's lives. When you're portraying events on screen, um, you know you have a responsibility to the people whose lives you are um, working with not to just tear up their lives and, and remold them to suit your purpose. That would be a dreadful thing to do. Um this is even more important than usual, because Tom and Nicola will be very closely working on this. I don't think that I could um, t- undertake such a, a, a process, particularly on the medical side, without having first hand experience of what that what that was actually like, nor would the actors be as good uh, if they didn't have it in addition to that. Um, We, Tom will play his own body double I mean we talked a lot about how we were going to handle Bill I'm
2: just going going to have to stop you unfortunately because of the tyranny of time and you're very familiar with that but it is time for us to take the break pay the rent so this is Dr Gordon Adley and my guest is Bill Clark you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel please stay with us we will be back
4: Many people are seeking to make a difference in the world, but few actually have the tools to do so. Every week, host Mary Beth Lodge and her guests will have you thinking forward and will give you the tips to keep your life goals priorities and choices on track the result is an easier happier and more inspired life the name of the program is what matters tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m eastern time 6 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel what really matters is the positive changes that you'll bring to your life and the world just by listening stimulating talk gets
3: those synapses in the brain firing really fast
4: all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
1: you are listening to family caregivers unite with dr gordon Atherley. if you have any questions or comments about our program please address them by email to doc g at family now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Bill Clark. Our topic is Starfish, the making of a movie about family caregiving and community support. So now let's talk about the more of the background to Starfish. Now, you've already, Bill, told us a some of the things that led you to make starfish, so let 's go into a bit more detail. for example, where does the name come from, and what 's the type of support you receive in moving forward with it? bill
3: uh, okay the name actually the name wasn 't the original name, the original name that, that I gave it. I mean any project has to have a title in order to refer to it, to reference to it when you 're talking to other people. Um, and the original title was Ghosts in Fog, but which is too much of a mouthful, and nobody liked it. But it 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 was something that that I felt that that's what they felt like during their process. You know that they that while they were in it, they were they were going through it, and they were wading through the fog like ghostly people. And I, I got a lot of that for it, for it at the beginning. I, I I this wasn't an easy process. It wasn't the first. It took a year. And I recorded fourteen hours of interviews with with Tom and Nicola and all the people around, so that I could get a complete feel of um, what the what everybody felt about it. Because when something this traumatic happens to somebody, you know, that person start and if it's a close person, that person becomes the centre of your firmament. You you know, they every everything seems to revolve and evolve around them. So it was quite important that I got everybody's take on how how it affected them and what their side of it was and gradually um, I, I realized that the title goes in Fog was was a it wasn't a very good title and it was only only meant something to me and then I learned one day by listening to um, a song actually by a by a group called Anthony and the Johnsons it was it was just the lyrics of the song that that attracted me to the name starfish and I looked up at star uh, what starfish were and I saw to m- my amazement that starfish the main thing about starfish is that if they lose their limbs they grow them back and that to me was kind of significant because that's what I felt Tom was doing obviously he can't grow his his limbs back but he he over the period of uh, over this incredible period he, he was a man who actually grew back the man that was inside him, not all of the man, but he grew back the character of the man. And I thought that that made a very appropriate title. So that's what I nailed it as I kept it as starfish. I'm, I'm very happy with that. And um, and fortunately for me, other people like it too. So, you know, it's, it's, that's the, so that's how the name came about. In terms of, me-
0: oh, Just to
2: interrupt you one second, it's a memorable name too, isn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely it is. and And, and it has resonance. It has so much resonance with the story and also visually as well, when you look at a starfish, it, it does look like, you know, a human being with their arms and legs outstretched. And so, you know, it, it worked for me on so many levels. And, and I was, I was, when it um, when it presented itself to me, I, I thought, yeah, that's absolutely the title of that's what this project is. And I nobody nobody has suggested changing it, which is quite extraordinary in the film business because they change everything all the time. So. Um, <laughs> So that was that. But on the support level, I got yeah. tremendous support from all of Tom's family and Tom and Nicola and uh, their parents and their their relatives. And as I said to them at the beginning, this you know it will not be an easy process. We're going to have to visit a lot of dark places and and things that made you very unhappy, and relook at them and and go back. So it's not going to be. Um, something that you know that you're going to necessarily enjoy a hundred percent of the time, and at the end of it, you may not even like me, or members of your family may not like me because I may end up telling a version of the story that they don't agree with, or perhaps in areas that you don't agree with. But my job is very difficult, and that ultimately it is, as I said at the beginning. Creating an entertainment of sorts, and it, you know, and I use the word advisedly. It is an entertainment. I don't want people to be repulsed or horrified. Or it's not a, you know, it's something, and and it, I want it to be a rewarding experience for people, but I also have to keep the the narrative arc, the dramatic thrust, every all those things in place. So that that makes it difficult to be a hundred and ten percent truthful, hundred percent truthful all the time. I don't mean that I tell lies, but over you know in a story as complex as this that took place over a great many years you have to draw the dramatic moments together in a 90 minute storytelling and so that sometimes means you have to leave people out you know jump forward a couple of years jump back a bit and rearrange things
2: we often hear those of us who are outside your um your sector your industry terms the term backstory, what what is the backstory? What's meant by it? What basically is it for Starfish? And although you've already touched on this and explained this, exactly what was it about the backstory for Starfish that so appealed to you?
3: Well, as my understanding, and different people will give you different definitions of of what a particular backstory is, and it has different meanings in different contexts. But for me, the backstory was Tom's growing up and his the difficulties that he had. And when I was interviewing them, when I was looking, you know, for a way into this story and, a, and an opening and a closing, um, which you know, in any kind of three act structure, that's what you need. You need a you know beginning, middle, and an end. Um, and it, it occurred to me more and more because I kept coming back to the question of this. And, and I, have to, uh, you know, I have to say at this point, what happened to Tom was just horrific. I mean, just horrific. He was a normal guy who you know, had a normal day with his daughter. His wife came home. He had a sausage out of a fridge. He went to bed. And 24 hours later, he's, they're talking about amputating his, his limbs. Now, this is not a man who's put himself in harm's way. He hasn't joined the army. You know, and this, this is not to minimize the people that do do this stuff. But anybody who is damaged through conflict, battle, warfare, has an understanding going in that that is a risk that they take. Tom didn't take any risk. He didn't even ride a motorbike. So this the shock, the seismic shock that hit this guy, I thought was phenomenal. And to go from being a successful person to being virtually broke within six months, you know, to have a a nice house, an income, a you know, really, really golden future to being broke within six months was, again, a second wave of shock. So all this, all the time I kept thinking, well, what on earth steeled this man to fight for his survival and the survival of his family and hold this together? And it, it, it had to be the fact that something was driving him from before. And you know, we talked about it, and we talked about it, and in the end, I said, "Look, it's it's you. You just want to be better than your dad. You were treated badly as a as a father, as a boy, by your father, and I think that you're that's what makes you, you know, that's that's the most important thing to you. So for me, Tom's backstory was his was his was his growing up, was his childhood, right? And that's what I I felt absolutely gives this story total credence."
2: Tell us a little bit about the backstories, what you can, and obviously we're not here discussing anything that's private or personal to the people, no. but a bit more about the backstories of the other people whose stories are told in Starfish.
3: Well, Tom. Tom's father was a very successful TV writer and a national theatre actor, but unfortunately as his star grew so his need to be free from his marital ties um forced him away from the family i'm not I'm not here to make a judgment and but this is what happened and there was no real financial support and so three kids and a mother were ricocheting from bad situation to bad situation in terms of housing, in terms of education, in terms of living. And in the background was a fairly successful relative who was not helping anyway. any way. So if it hadn't been for Tom's mother, um, who is a f- phenomenally forthright and very strong person, then they're, they're, I don't think they would have held together as a unit. But they did. And I think that that again, was a salutary lesson to Tom that his mother was, you know, a fantastic mum and she, she absolutely held them together and did the right thing for them and not in an easy way. Um, Tom's wife, Nicola, was, um, was... They met at university. They met at Exeter University and, and they were both in the drama group and they were both passionate about drama. Um, but it didn't work out. I think Tom had already given a commitment to another girl at home. And I think as part of part of his makeup is that once, once he commits some to something, that's pretty much it. He has to commit to it. And again, I think that's because of his past and because of his upbringing and that's, you know, that's what he does. I mean, that's why he he cares. He, you know, he cares about his family, he commits to his family. So they didn't get together. But when the girl, left tom they after they were married the girl left tom tom realized that uh nicola was the true love of his life and he looked he got back in touch with her and she by this time was a a very successful um tv producer and a colleague of mine somebody i knew through work and so I, i although i didn't know tom very well i knew nick um quite a bit and tom then moved up to leicester uh to be with her and they they you know, they started this this incredible journey together. So their stories, you know, their their, their backstories are strength and security in in certain aspects of their lives, and 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 difficulty in others. But they found each other, and they were building a very very uh, successful life together when this uh, when this illness happened. So you know, that I mean, the back. In every, in any story, there's a, what we call a, an, an incisive moment, and that moment, in any film or book or, or any kind of drama, um, the incisive moment is the point at which the protagonist's lives will never be the same again. And so the backstory really is anything that led up to that moment, and and you know, and, and obviously after that moment, everything changes. And that that moment was the seventeenth or whatever it was, December nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. They've,
2: they've changed. it is talking of moments but nothing like the moment you've been talking about we do now have to take the short break okay. um, we're coming back this is Dr Gordon Adler my guest is Bill Clark you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel stay tuned we've much more to say about this powerful story <laughs>
4: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can
2: do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America.
4: What does the new healthcare law mean to you? Why is the country facing a deepening deficit? Can it be reversed? If education is important to fund, shouldn't we insist on seeing results? Do we have a workable energy policy? Who's calling the shots? Tune in to In the Public Interest with host Mike Hudson. We'll cover public policy, everything from taxes and spending to health care and other threatened entitlements. If it's in the public interest, it's in your interest to know. In the Public Interest can be heard live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: If you have a child in your life with autism, there may be a lot of questions that you need answered. What if your child has recently been diagnosed? Or maybe you have a question about treatment that your child is currently undergoing. For answers to these and more, tune into Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. Our guests will include parents and experts to discuss current experiences, treatments, and breakthroughs for those living with autism. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Bill Clark. Our topic is Starfish, the making of a movie about family caregiving and community support. So let's talk more about Making Starfish. Now, I want Bill to ask you something you've already talked about, but just give us more detail about the path you personally followed in Making Starfish. Complicated path. Tell us more about the way you followed it.
3: Okay, it's well after I made um, A Christmas Miracle of Jonathan Toomey, which again, I, I, I realized, you know, halfway through making this film is not dissimilar. I mean, again, that's a story about emotional loss and redemption. So maybe there's some kind of psychological thing going with me, and it's about family again. But after I made that, as in all these things, when when you make a film, there is a kind of a, a wonderful uh, kind of golden period after you finish making it, when everybody's telling you it's absolutely the best film ever and you're going to win all the awards in the world, and they're offering you tons of work, and then, when the film doesn't turn out to be War Horse or The King's Speech, then the phone stops ringing. So, but you have this golden period where they're all they're all throwing projects at you, and all the projects that I was being offered did not inspire me at all, and and there was just nothing. I mean, it was just stuff that I that I, that wouldn't appeal to me. Um, and at that time, um, I. Bumped into, or I saw, I saw a I saw a, a flyer um, that Nicola was doing some painting. Um, she had a painting exhibition, so I went along. I hadn't seen her for years because although I was part of the process at the time, I was part of the people. I was one of many many people who raised money for for Tom. Um, I, I hadn't seen them for quite a few years, and I went to, I went talked to to Nicola, and through that met Tom properly and had a long conversation with him. And I decided after about four or five months that I would ask them if they would be interested in me seeing if there was a film to be made. And at that stage, I had no idea whether it was a documentary or a drama um, or, or, or even if even if it was a film at all. Um, but in this, in this business, uh, we work on options, so I optioned their story. I, I you know, I, I bought the rights to their story to give them myself a year or so to work out whether or not um, there was anything there I could do or help them with. And that year, as in all these things, turned into four years. And I, as I say, in the first year, I just interviewed everybody. I asked them all the questions. I, I learned. I went through all the medical re- re- records. I talked to the doctors. I spent an awful lot of time with Tom and Nicola. And it's not an easy story. I mean, it, I think, I hope, it was a little cathartic for them because they were able to talk freely to me as an outsider and, you know, and not a family member. And we did, oh, about nine or ten-hour sessions. And then I did, you know, a, a half-hour here with Mum 1 and half-hour t- there with Mum 2 and and talked to... Um, Around the country to see other people, and I talked to the one of the surgeons. I got an interview with one of the surgeons, and gradually I kind of built up this huge research um, box full of the stuff that went into their lives in this period. I mean, they said a very interesting thing to me. They said that the actual the trauma of the um, of the operation and the amputation was nothing compared to the to the black period that they entered when uh, once Tom had left hospital he can come back to what what you might call normality and that interested me because it you know uh, it's a blinding flash of the obvious when somebody says it to you but you don't necessarily think about it at the time and that obviously there's always the ballyhoo when something happens and everybody jumps in and tries to help as we did as I did and then afterwards you know i was just as guilty as the rest of the the of the gang of not really keeping in touch and seeing if there were other things that i could have done but through that process i gradually came more and more to realize that this was a pretty kind of heroic story and if if films are about ordinary people doing extraordinary things then these were two very ordinary people and they were living in a very extraordinary life, and I thought that if I could make it work, then yes, I thought there was a, a feature film to be made in it. So I then took myself off to um, a safe house for a month to um, write a draft of the script, and I came back and I hadn't written a thing. Um, it was just too much of a story. There was just tons of it, and I, you know, I, was, I sat. In, a, in France for, for a whole month looking at the computer screen. And when I came back, I think I typed a title, which turned out not to be the title anyway. But then Tom gave me some more notes on his own thoughts and his own life story. And that, that in itself is a tremendous, a tremendous um, sign of, of trust, um, his own writings. He is a very good writer. He, Tom is a very good writer. And in it, I found one thing that I thought actually unlocked the whole story for, for me. And it was the story that uh, an event that happens at the end of the film where Tom, with his, um, with his disability, still manages to climb a quite high wall in order to get his son's ball back. A football gets kicked over the wall. And it suddenly occurred to me, you know what, that that's pretty much the whole relationship between father and son right there, you know, fathers are employed for one job only, and that's to get the ball back. And if, if the father doesn't get the ball back, then the father's not really a good father. And that's a metaphor as much as a reality. And I thought that's how Tom sees it, he, you know, he's, that was the most difficult thing. I mean, and. To me, that was a a very dramatic moment and and represented a strong climax, you know. So um, that's what really unlocked the whole project for me and that enabled me to write the first draft. Right. Now, uh,
2: you have talked about the financing of Starfish and maybe we'll have time to come back to any particular points you want to make about that. But I want to ask you next, what are your ambitions for Starfish? for Starfish and for the things you want it to achieve
3: I I I want it to be I want it to be a powerful moving drama I want it to um, I want it to surprise people I want it undoubtedly will surprise people and I want it to send out a message that even in the most difficult times, um, this man's example is is absolutely a shining light for us all to follow. I, I think you know. I think there's a certain a certain amount of um, not vindication but recognition of who these people are. I think and they deserve it. And in a, in a society that, that we, the society that we live in, particularly at this at this time, I don't think that we put enough into this. Um, this this kind of um, emotional connection, not just amongst our family, but amongst our uh, amongst amongst the people that that you know that that we that we walk amongst. But uh, that to me, I think is is very important, and I think that it will give. I think it will give a lot of people hope and strength, and therefore it will be a good film. I think it will also be a damn good drama, and I think it will. I think it will help people get in help people get in touch with their own feelings about a lot of things that happened to them. I mean, I, I can't, it, it doesn't, you know, on the other, on the other side of it, of course, I wanted to be a successful film and I want it to be, you know, I want it to be a, a great experience for me. And I'm sure that anybody that, that, you know, that's listening out there will say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want it to be a hit film. Well, I do, of course I do. I, I, of course I want it to be that, but I wanted to be so many things and, and I, th- and I think that, that, it, that it will be a special film, a special film that, that people relate to and take a lot from.
2: Right. Bill, just let's go back to the money uh, issue. Yeah, as I said before, you have uh, alluded to questions of financing, which are obviously important. Is there anything more you just want to say about your particular needs for financing, how it works, uh, who, where you go, how you go about it, and that kind of thing? Just okay. a
3: couple of minutes. Um, we're we're financing it through an EIS scheme, a, which is a, a UK tax tax scheme. It's a special purpose vehicle that's set up to um, uh, to fund this film and only to fund this film. And the way that the British tax industry, uh, the, or the government, have set these up, there is a a, a a a lot of offset taxes that investors can put against it. I'm not totally familiar with all of it, that's the producer's job, I'm, you know, merely the, the artisan that, that hopes to put it together, but, my, on, on my website, on our company's website, Origami Films, which I'm, filmscom which I'm happy, I'm sure you could put a link up to, there is a page that explains all that, and anybody that's listening, that wants more information, about, it's a low budget film, the whole film is costing, um, just less than a million pounds, um, which is, you know, which is, um, a good number. We have the sales estimates from the sales distributors that back up the the financing um, plan, uh, and all these details can be found on the website. And um, anybody that would like to visit it, I would be extremely <laughs> grateful for them. You know, so all money, all money received, very, very gratefully, as they say.
2: Right. I won't ask you the obvious question which is how you're doing financially so far with it all but are you pleased with the kind of res- um kind of response that you're getting do you feel that you're actually getting two people who care about these things
3: Oh yes absolutely I mean it's it's an amazing that's that has been an, an amazing part of the journey because um it, w- <laughs> When you sit down with people when you, when you sit down with um, uh, people and you they ask you what the story is about, you kind of dread it in a way because I have had some very negative reactions mostly from the, the, from the film industry themselves. but I've been amazed at how many people have said to me, well that's that's you know that's very that's very strange because my best friend is so-and so and so-and-so and they've had some problems like that. that sounds really interesting A lot of people. Have have said. I mean, one very powerful film guy, whom I just thought was going to throw me out of his office, said, "You know, I am interested in this. My, I have a very close friend who's who's a thalidomide uh, victim, and he, you know, and his he, i worked with him and and touched him, and you you suddenly realise that business people are real people, and real people have connections too, and they are human." And so, yes, we've had a lot of very positive reactions to it, and we've had a lot of um, promises of money. Great. We, we, we you know, we concentrate on building the package to the point where that that makes it look like a reality.
2: Got it. Great. Now, still on money, we have to take our short break. Of
3: so course. this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest
2: is Bill Clark. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back.
1: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Are you lost, fed up, knowing you're
2: better and yet not knowing why? Let Derek O'Neill transform the not knowing into the knowing by showing you the way. Whether it's not being able to drop the excess weight to unhealthy relationships or finances that you know you deserve. Derek provides insights that are like magnets to invite what you want in your life and repel what you don't want. Tune into Derek now to discover how to improve your life immediately and unleash the winner that you know you are and others need to see. Listen
4: Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station.
1: VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc G at familycaregiversunite.org Now, back to to family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. And Bill Clark, our topic is Starfish: The Making of a Movie About Family Caregiving and Community Support. Now, let's talk about using movies to tell the stories of family caregiving and its community of family caregivers. Now, first question to you, Bill, is this: Stories are effective ways for sharing information, insights. And inspiration now what are the factors that you think make for successful stories for, of family caregiving
3: um, okay they can do the films can provide a number of a number of um, opportunities in this in this area one I think the most important one and one that I've found out a lot and I found this with, with my mother as well. The the biggest thing for for caregivers is that they is that they need information and at all times. And if there is an, if there is a paucity of information, then they are struggling because they're in a vacuum. And I think that a film such as ours, which demonstrates um, demonstrates how society can become extremely nonchalant about um, about giving help to somebody in difficult situations will help people realize that they do have to work harder to find out stuff for themselves, that it doesn't come on a plate, that there is no there is no magic wand that society waves to take all these things away, even though in my opinion they should be. Um, but. It, it it enables people that people will go. All oh, right, okay, I've got to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do that. You know, and that a film provides a figurative example for for people to follow or not follow, depending on the on the skew of the film. So I think that's important. I I also think that it draws society's attention to the shortcomings of the welfare state, of the caring state, and. I, you know, and certainly in Tom's case, I was absolutely shocked at um, my own country's response to his um, to his predicament. I, I was appalled by it, and I had no idea how how negative um, the the reaction from the government was to to the family, and worse so in a state that most people in this in this position do not want to throw themselves on the mercy of the state. They just want to help themselves and retain their dignity. And they just need a, a bit of hand helping to do that. I mean, I, I do work, you know, we have worked with other charities in the past, or one particular we work with a lot, a um, uh, charity in the UK, uh, who give a lot of care and and help, the child bereavement charity. And, and they give a lot of care and help. And I've learned through them that... Um, problems go on a long time and putting a band-aid on an emotional problem is never going to cure it i mean it just isn't the worst it's going to do is is just or the best it's going to do is just disguise it for a while you have to go you often have to go a lot further to give real help and support right
2: bill i'm going to stop you there because i want to i've got a couple more questions for you you and the tyranny of time is running out on us um I sense that you really would be very open to making more movies based on family caregiving stories, and what would be what would you be looking for if you did decide to make some more mo- movies about family caregiving
3: That's a difficult question i i i don't i i don't want to <coughs> trade off i don't know that i that i would it's a pretty exhausting process you have to Involve yourself totally with with the family, and you have to become a part of that, and you take on a certain element of responsibility. So, if I I, I would be if somebody came to me to, to to help them, and you know, and sometimes people do come as a result of my last film, I get offers from um, uh, because it was perceived in a certain way as, as being a Christian film that, that that I get offers from Christian people asking for help i'm i'm more than happy to act in an executive capacity and share that experience with them for me to take on another story of this emotional intensity i think would probably be quite difficult but it it would have to it would have to be a story ultimately it would have to it would have always have to be a positive story i wouldn't want to take on anything that did not provide an optimistic path as its outcome
2: Right. Now, last question, and it's another big one, but what's your message for family caregivers with powerful stories like those you tell in Starfish? What's your message for these, for these families and their family caregivers?
3: I think the... the, the what, if, do you mean for somebody who wants to get their story out wider or to draw attention to it or to make it into a film or something like that? Uh,
2: draw attention to get the message out about what they're going through to deal with some of the issues you talked about relative to Tom of how, and these are my words, not yours, how society appeared to abandon him uh, in
3: the dark period, that kind of thing. I think it's always to find something that, that that unaffected people can relate to. I mean, with, with my story, the way, the way that I began to get support for my story was, not so much through Tom's predicament, but through Nicola, his wife's predicament, because a great many people could relate to her difficulties more easily than they could relate to Tom's. I mean, very few of us, thank God, have to struggle with, with, you know, such massive amputation or body trauma. But the thought of having that, and so it's difficult for us to actually relate to that experience. We have no idea what that would mean. But the thought of having that happen to a loved one, someone who's close to you, while you're not afflicted, is much easier for us to visualize and to imagine how bad we'd feel. So I, I, you know, I would say to other people, is, you know, don't dwell on the, on the, on the uh, on the affliction or the cause of the problem but dwell on the uh, the emotional ripple that emanates from that that epicenter and that's that's that i think is something that people could um find more ways to communicate that their, their, their story and their need and get it wider through that emotional connection
2: is the word there the consequences things that family caregivers should focus on rather than the cause of those consequences. Would that be a fair summary?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. it it is. Because you cannot, you know, I mean, stuff happens, you know, planes fall out the sky, you get a disease, you get hit by a car, you're never going to, you're never going to stop that from happening. You know, that is going to happen every day to somebody. There's going to be a trauma. But the 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 ongoing circumstances, the what what those traumas create, and the damage, the, the long term damage, and the change of life, and the plot that actually goes out to not the person who's had it, but it goes out to their relatives, their children, their parents, and this ripple. I, I think this ripple effect is, you know, can be can be extremely devastating. I mean, and I think it can go on for a long time. I mean, I, in Tom's case, one of, you know, his daughter suffered. She didn't even know she suffered, but she suffered a terrible shock when it happened. And I think it's taken about 10 years for her to really come to terms with it and to get back to where she was when she was two. I know it sounds ridiculous that a two-year-old should, should you know, have such a blow. But my friends at the Charborema Charity have told me many times that when they counsel children, when they try and help children who have to cope with death at the age of three and four, they know that whatever they do now is one thing. They will probably be seeing those children again in 10 years' time. Right. That's a worrying thing.
2: Bill, thank you for that. Um, We do have to, unfortunately, come to a close. I want to say, first of all, thank you to our listeners. And, Bill, I want to say not just thank you to you, Bill, but also to wish you the movie and the future of it every possible success in getting across the backstories, the messages from those backstories, and that inspiration that people get from recognising that Things, the consequences, they're not alone, recognizing, and I have a vested interest here, of getting their voices heard in circumstances where the consequences can be helped, even if my previous profession can't do anything to help in the way of cure, the consequences are something that can be helped. And that's a point that you've made very much, and the strengthening experience of that helping uh, with the consequences is profound and powerful, so every success to you and if there's an opportunity when the film is actually out there uh, for interviewing again i'd love to you i'd love to do that with you. Uh,
3: you
2: now to our listeners uh our next episode we're going to be talking about blind students and the class action against school a school for the blind so please join us same time same spot on the internet talk to you then
1: thank you again for joining us this week for family caregivers unite with your host dr gordon atherley please tune in again next tuesday at 10am pacific time 1pm eastern time on the voice america variety channel and until then we hope our program will help make the coming week easier
0: and more hopeful and i do
3: appreciate